Hello, hello. Here we are. Back at it again at Classic Vinyl Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Justin. I'm here beside my other host, Tyler. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And I have no idea what time of the year it is, but we're listening to Foreigners. So that's what's going to make it the most wonderful time of the year. This is the latest album we've done here at Classic Vinyl Podcast. This is from 1977, but I do have this on vinyl, so it still counts. does count. <laughs> so let me give you a little history about Foreigners. They're an American British rock band formed in New York City in 1976. Foreigner consists of Lou Graham on vocals, Mick Jones on guitars, Dennis Elliott is the drummer, Al Greenwood plays keyboards, Ed Gagliardi is bass, Ian McDonald, keyboards, guitars, saxophones, flute. He does them all. Wow. He's a real one-man band. So Mick Jones, Dennis Elliott, and Ian McDonald... They're all, all three of those guys are British, where Lou Graham, Al Greenwood, and Ed Gagliardi, they're the American portion of the band. That's a fun name to say, Gagliardi. Gagliardi. Yep. <laughs> so Foreigner, all in all, has sold about 80 million albums worldwide, which is pretty, pretty decent. Backing up a little bit, I'm, I've got a question. Have we heard Dennis Elliott on drums before? No, I don't believe so on this podcast. His, his name just seemed familiar to me. No, I don't believe so. Okay. One thing Foreigner had was four straight albums certified at least five times platinum by the RIAA each. Four albums in a row, which is... That's a, pretty good. Pretty, pretty decent from a band that's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For real? For real. Another one. Another one. So all in all, Foreigner has nine studio albums, seven live albums... 20 compilation albums, and they released 47 total singles. On their albums, six of the nine studio albums were in the top 20, five of the nine were in the top 10, and their fourth album, their fourth studio album titled Four, that was a number one hit in the U.S. Now, Agent Provocateur, although it only hit number four in the U.S., it hit number one in the U.K., so that was their only Mm -hmm. number one album in the U.K. Now, of their singles... Uh, Like I said, they had 47 singles. 17 of those singles were in the top 20, 7 in the top 10. I Want to Know What Love Is, which was released in 1984. That hit number one in the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and basically the rest of the world, wherever it was released. But seven total singles were in the top five in the U.S., which is a decent number for a band as well. It's respectable. I mean, these guys are known. Now, in the UK, four of their singles made it the top 40. They weren't quite as popular in the UK. 17 of their singles, however, in Canada were in the top 40. Urgent, you know, that song, Mm -hmm. and I Want to Know What Love Is, both hit number one in Canada. So they did have actually two number ones in Canada as opposed to only one number one in the US. So in 1984, and are cut down to four members, they fired Al Greenwood and Ian McDonald. And then in 1990, I believe it was Lou Graham left the group they've had several lineup changes over the years the only original member still in the group is Mick Jones my one question I wrote down on this like I just said a minute ago is why isn't Foreigner in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this is a band that proves to me with their chart success with their album sale success (laughs) how big they are still nowadays any kind of classic rock radio you turn on and even some easy listening radio with some of their power ballads of the 80s This group's huge, and there's much lesser groups that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is why I think it's junk. Yeah. I mean, on this album, I'm way early for winners and losers. Not everything was a winner, but even so, there's some bit like the winners that they have, there's some big winners. Everybody knows them. That's probably the one thing is I'll get into when we, we go into the track by track. Some of the most popular, well-known songs on here, probably the thing 
that hurts them for me is that they're overplayed. Yeah. And that uh, that does tend to kill it in, in our house. Yeah. So do you want to get to the album review? Yep. Let's do it. And now it's time for the album review. Okay. So we're going to rate today Foreigner's debut album, self-titled album, Foreigner. It was released on March 8th of 1977. You were probably conceived to this album. Uh, I would have been conceived before that. Okay. I would I would hope, because <laughs> I, I was born a month after that. Ah, very quick pregnancy. Exactly. <laughs> so it was recorded at the Hit Factory and Atlantic Recording Studios, both in New York City. Of course, we'll go through the group members again. Lou Graham on lead vocals, Mick Jones on lead guitar, keyboards, and vocals, mm-hmm. Ian McDonald on keyboards, guitars, saxophone, flutes, backing vocals, Al Greenwood on keyboards, synthesizers, Ed Gagliardi, that fun name, Mm -hmm. bass and backing vocals, Dennis Elliott on drums and backing vocals. This album was produced by Gary Lyons and John Sinclair. This album hit number four on the Billboard charts here in the U.S. and number nine in Canada. So this album in the U.S. is certified five times platinum with over five million sales of this album, which is a really good number. Now, the album cover is kind of interesting. It features the band members. They're, it's a picture of them drawn. They're mm-hmm. drawn in color with suitcases standing in front of some railroad track. And then on the back of the album, you'll see it's those same railroad tracks, and the guys aren't there anymore, and there's a train the speeding off. off. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I guess it was there. It was it, it's very symbolic. Shown. Yeah, it's symbolic it's of something. so artistic. Do you want to get to side one? Yep, spin the album. Side one. Okay, so side one opens up with one of the most well-known songs on this album, Feels Like the First Time. This song was written by Mick Jones and sang by Lou Graham. This was actually the band's debut single. So the first Mm -hmm. song on their debut album was released as their debut single. The B-side to this was Woman, Oh Woman, which is also on this album. Now, this single reached number four in the U.S., number 39 in the UK, and number seven in Canada. They're a little more popular over here in North America. They seem like it, yeah. Mick Jones wrote this song about starting a new life after a failed marriage. You know, he's getting remarried, and he's moving to the U.S., and says in the title, it feels like the first time. What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on this song? There's a handful of songs on this album that I'd heard before, this being one of them, of course, because I'd say this is probably the most popular song off of this album, and they lead right out of the gate with it. I think that was a good choice. Either either this song or the second song, without a doubt. For sure. But uh, this one, I mean, this is just the kind of song that you want to fall in love to. This is a song about a guy that's been burned in love before, right? But then he finds a second one, and everything's just as wonderful and exciting. I think you just explained every song on this album. I think I did, too. There's I mean, a, a lot of... Fall, and, of course, maybe that's a lot of songs okay. on a lot of albums. But. And I'm going to point out that this is Mick Jones that wrote this song. And in fact, uh, I, I've got to say that Mick Jones... <laughs> He, what, th- this guy is so extreme on the on each end of the spectrum. The songs that I loved, he wrote them. The songs that I hated, he wrote them. <laughs> but he's he didn't write every song. And so I, I find that noteworthy that I've got a, an issue with Mick Jones being kind of an infant um, or an adolescent, I should say. He's got a very juvenile view of love, women, and relationships. The, the fun thing that I like about this song is it's so relatable to anybody, anyone that's in love. You don't have to go and find someone new to, to enjoy this song and to love this song. 
you can in, infuse into your current relationship if things are you know getting day-to-day boring and tedious monotonous you can infuse something new into it and make it exciting all over again and for feel like just like the very first time again that being said I'm going to jump over to the music now. They have this bridge in the song that mixes so well. The electric guitar, the keyboard, the drums. I paid close attention to that because this is a song that we've heard over the radio time and time again. But this time I really paid attention to that that bridge and it just, it's something I've noticed in a lot of their songs that they're composed very well. And the sound sounds really nice. The music is really good on this album. So, Justin, what are your thoughts on Feels Like the First Time? This one is a tough one for me because I like the song, but I'm sick of hearing it. Mm -hmm. I'm really sick of hearing it. It's got one of the most recognizable intros in rock and roll songs. It's got a pretty good beating bass line in it that's good. I love the guitar, the little guitar licks in the pre-chorus. You know, and I even love the the lyrics and what they state. Now that I found you together, we'll make history. It's a straight love song. You're in love again for the Mm -hmm. first time and everything's changing again for the first time because it always feels like the first time, right? I really like the way the synthesizer's used in the middle of the song, but for me, I've just got a little bit of ear burn when it comes to this song because... You can't flip through at least the channels I listen to and mm-hmm. and not hear this song at least once a day. And and yeah. that kind of goes for the next song, too, that we get into, which is Cold as Ice. Yep. Now, this is another one written by Mick Jones, but he also wrote this with Lou Graham, and it sang again by Lou Graham. This was released as the second single off the album. So debut album, second song, second single. Reached number six in the U.S., number 24 in the U.K., Number nine in Canada, once again, did better in North America. Mm -hmm. Ian Lloyd, he's from a band called The Stories. He actually sings backing vocals on this. The single is certified gold in the U.S., and it's certified silver in the U.K. This The lyrics are based on a girl, essentially, that was a cold-hearted, terrible person. Ah. I mean, pretty self-explanatory when it comes to the lyrics and what the song's about. So what are your thoughts about Cold as Ice? Cold as Ice is a song where Mick Jones tells you why he feels the way he feels. That this girl's been so mean to him. First of all, stay away from girls like that. Don't don't go out with people who are going to be mean to you. Well, you don't know that until they are mean to you. That's true. And this is just I'm I I am just getting one side of the story. And you know, there's other songs later on this album that we're going to get into that too. You know, she's willing to sacrifice their love he doesn't say what she's willing to sacrifice their love for but maybe she's you know maybe she would sell him down the road for a hamburger i i don't know maybe even just a sip of water i mean what she seems ready and eager to sacrifice their love from what he from the way he's singing about it or the way that i should say he's having lou graham sing about it because once again this is mick jones writing and well mick jones and lou graham wrote this together so i'm not really sure if lou wrote the vocals or what i'm not sure we'd have to ask him it gets a, a ton of radio play but this one i'll be honest when it comes to winners and losers the first two i didn't chart and a lot of the reason i didn't chart them is because they're so dang familiar, so overplayed. And I tend to go find something to to like or dislike that I haven't heard before or that's more obscure. And there are some on this album that I really enjoyed because they're, they're kind of out there, a little crazy. I love crazy songs, and that's no secret to our listeners. One thing I, I got to point out again, 
The music is excellent. These guys play, this band plays very well together. And that's very notable throughout the entire album. What did you think about Cold as Ice? Well, a couple of things. You said you thought feels like the first time is the most recognizable song. I really think probably Cold as Ice is, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. And just like feels like the first time, you can't mm-hmm. flip through a radio station and not hear Cold as Ice somewhere. <laughs> so true. I've always liked the song, but once again, severe ear burn on this thing. Mm-hmm. It's another very, very recognizable piano intro. And it's got good drums on it. I do like the keyboard and the synth in this song as well. It's got a good bass line. You can hear it well throughout. I do like this song a little bit better than feels like the first time. It's got some nice harmonized uh, ahs in it. doesn't have a lot of good guitar other than it does have a decent guitar solo in the middle. So it's lacking a little guitar. But they do mix these songs really well. There's a reason these two songs, the first two songs we've listened to here, are still played on the radio to this day, because they are good songs. There's no doubt about it. And these guys are good musicians. They're a great band. Well, and you'll hear me say this throughout. Lou Graham is an excellent rock and roll singer. Yes, he is. He has an amazing voice. And even in a song I dislike, I generally like his vocals. It just, he has a good, distinct style. Excellent rock and roll voice. In fact, a very, um, what, iconic style for the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this, the Foreigner is a band that comes on the tail end of the 70s, but you start to get a lot of other bands that have this same type of vocals when you get into the uh, rock and roll bands of the 80s. So that moves us to song three, Star Rider. Now, this one was written by Al Greenwood and Mick Jones, and is sang by Mick Jones. Now, the lyrics depict a person who feels lost and unfulfilled in life. He's seeking to find meaning and purpose for himself. Possibly a plea to a higher power of some kind or something like that. That's kind of what I've written down. That's kind of my take from it. What are your thoughts on Star Rider? This is a very common thing that celebrities deal with is trying, they they find success, uh, stardom, and they find everything that they thought they were looking for their entire life. And they still feel that empty hole. Something's missing. Something's unfulfilled. And so this is something that you'll, you'll hear a lot when you, when they do like a behind the scenes or behind the band or something that they go off in search of spiritualism or intellectualism or some sort of ism, trying to figure something out to fill that hole. He's got an interesting way of uh, reaching out to this higher power, saying that the control is in the hands of those who know. Something that I really liked about this song is uh, that it mixes the past and the future. This song sounds really old. It it sounds like, you know, the way that the instruments are played, it's an acoustic guitar. The keyboard is tuned to like a, a uh, sound like a, a harpsichord. And so it sounds like really antique. This song sounds old, but the subject that they're talking about and the way that they're singing, the words that they use are, you know, so futuristic and about, you know, star travel and outer space uh, stuff. It's really mixing that old world with the new or even the past with the future. And it, comes together really well and that's something i really liked about it and it started with a flute a flute <laughs> so that's uh that's something you don't see all the time either and i, li- I liked how different this was and it was enjoyable i don't know if it's mick jones who gets the credit for that or al greenwood uh, that that did the writing on it that i liked so much but this was a pretty decent song and it could be considered album filler sure but i'm glad i listened to it what did you think about the star writer 
there's not a whole lot I can add to it that you didn't steal from me. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does have that acoustic intro that goes into the flute, and I'm first thinking, is this a Jethro Tull song? You know, and <laughs> it's kind of funny that the flute kicks me straight to Jethro Tull, but there's not a lot of bands that use flute. It sounds like Jethro Tull. <laughs> but it's got good bass runs throughout the song that I really like. The, the bass is mixed really well to the front, which I... I enjoy. It's got good drumming in the pre-course. It's got some, kind of some crazy drumming. But the one thing you did say that I did note is it does seem like an older style song, like a late 60s song, especially at the first of the song. It's got a decent vocal. I think Lou Graham singing on it would have done it better justice, in my opinion. It's got a really yeah. good guitar solo, but kind of like you said, album filler, probably decent song. Yeah, it's a good song. Mm -hmm stand out i wouldn't say it stands out as great mm -hmm. but a good song so that moves us to the next song head knocker written by lou graham and mick jones and sang by lou graham now this song one of the notes i wrote it's a very heavy guitar driven song mm -hmm. it uses a lot of riffs that are once again reminiscent of old time rock and roll it pretty upbeat song it tells the story of a musician who walks with a stoop but he can't hold his own in a fist fight he thinks James Dean isn't dead. He's kind of a crazy, crazy guy. What are your thoughts on Headknocker? Uh, it's a song about a real scrappy guy uh, that likes his rock and roll. And, um, you know, this guy, the way that he sings about him, it, it really reminds me of Elvis Presley. Because Elvis Presley used to carry like a twenty-two pistol around with himself. And at some point in this song, um, when this scrappy... Uh, rock and roll guy goes around picking fights he pulls out a smith and west <laughs> so i'm just kind of like okay you know this uh this guy really is a an elvis presley rock and roller type and uh the the music's good the the guitaring in it is real heavy guitar doesn't sound like the old school rock and roll but it's got such a classic sound to it this is what's become classic rock and roll and so this is what I would call a classic rock and roll song. I wouldn't call it an old time rock and roll song. I really got a kick out of Head Narker because this is, of all the songs on the album, this is the weird one. And I loved it. So what did you think about Head Narker? I, I figured that'd be the case. And I don't really think this is so much sounds like an old rock and roll song. I just think some of the guitar riffs in it are kind yeah. of reminiscent of that. It's got good good guitar riffs at the beginning and throughout the song. I wrote down this would be a good bar song because that's what it reminds me of, like being in a bar and mm -hmm. a band playing. You know, you obviously who he's singing about in this is a musician, but he's also the bouncer, I guess, mm -hmm. because yeah. he, he likes to get in fights. And, he oh, can, yeah. and I said he can't hold his own earlier, but I mean he can hold his own oh, in yeah. his fights. <laughs> and if not, he can pull out his gun and exactly. everything's fine. So I think you're right. This guy is the bouncer and the lead guitar. So that brings us to the last song on side one, The Damage Is Done. This one was written by Lou Graham and Mick Jones and sang by Lou Graham once again. Now this song is written, it's describing damage that a relationship can have on people and basically the metaphorical scars it leaves when a person leaves you or you break up for whatever reason that may be. Yeah. This is kind of a mid-tempo song. It's not as upbeat as you normally have with a lot of the Foreigner songs. It's it's definitely different, and it's kind of the tale of two songs because 
know, not going into a rating on this or whatever, but I would probably rate the first half of the song one out of ten and the second half of the song seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. it, it's just completely different songs. What are your thoughts on the damages done? You're right. It got better music-wise. As far as the writing goes, I think that Lou Graham is a really good writer. This uh, it, it brings out some interesting uh, points for me. Being burned in a relationship changes us, and that's kind of the theme behind the damage is done. But that damage, a lot of times, it it comes from well, you've had a breakup. It was a, a fight that you've decided you don't want to see each other anymore, and now you go and commiserate to your friends and tell them all, you know, this person starts saying all kinds of vile crap. And if <laughs> we've all been there, you no, you hear that every ex girlfriend was crazy, every ex boyfriend was abusive. The rumor starts to flow around, and then you, you know, people you start to hear what people are saying about you, and they're saying it because that's what the person that you broke up with was saying about you. Not everybody is the bad guy or the villain, you know, people are just people, and sometimes the relationship ends just because the two people aren't good for each other. So, if you can, it's best to break up peacefully, you know, just in case that you do want to can continue sharing the same social circles hanging out with the same friends as them because if you break up and have a messy a messy breakup where you start spreading rumors that's gonna scorch the earth you don't necessarily want to burn every bridge i like the writing but i think you're right first part of the song is a one and the second part of the song is a seven so what what are your thoughts on the damage is done i didn't really like the keyboard intro on this one i didn't feel it was used very well I don't like the first part of the song, like I already told you. Mm-hmm. The one thing that shines in this song, once again, is Lou Graham's vocals, and the guitar at the end is amazing to close up the song. I yeah. really enjoyed that. The second part of the song was decent, and then for some reason it reminds me of some songs off of Tommy, the Who's Tommy rock opera. I can't pinpoint yeah. which ones, but it just kind of... There was a couple things I heard that were reminiscent of that. But all in all, just I don't think the song was produced very well because mm-hmm. it's too mixed up. It's like two different songs. If the yeah. whole thing would have been kind of in the same tempo and style, the second half of the song it would have been really good. Maybe it just needed Uncle Ernie fiddling about. It might have. Do you want to get to side two? Yep, flip it. Side two. Okay, so side two opens up with another fairly well-known foreigner song, Long, Long Way From Home. Written by Lou Graham, Mick Jones, and Ian McDonald, and once again sang by Lou Graham. This was the third single released off the album. It reached number 20 in the U.S. I couldn't find any other chart history in the U.K. or Canada or anything, so I'm not sure if it was released there as a single or if it just didn't chart. And the song does feature a clavinet, which is a very unique type of keyboard, and it can make some really cool sounds. Most specifically, it can kind of sound like an electric guitar in a way, but it it makes some really cool sounds in this song. That's what that was. Okay. Yeah, and this... This is basically about a person trying to make his musical dreams come true. He's moved to New York City from a small town, him and his lover or spouse or mate or whatever it is. Mm. Basically about Lou Graham. I mean, he has stated this song is about his life. He moved from Rochester to New York City, and there was a lot of isolation associated with that moving to a new place. What are your thoughts on Long, Long Way From Home? This song's really good at capturing that hostile loneliness that you find being all alone in a strange place. This is a homesick song. This is a song where you're sitting there listening to it and you just really feel for the guy. And he's singing from the heart. He's 
you know, writing from the heart, the things that he's talking about that he's got, you know, he's got to make it for both of them. He's got to, you know, provide it and he's got, he's got to, you know, just keep pushing through and keep going on. One thing that I find about this song, it seems like the saxophone is that uh, quintessential instrument of New York City. Something about that, uh, anytime you hear a saxophone, it means that we're in New York. It really painted that picture. Well, a real sweet song to listen to, even uh, even though the theme of it, the tone of it, is really, it's full of fear, full of trepidation. It's uh, unsurety, but it really captures that, and that's what I like about it, is how, how vividly it captures what person who's telling the story is trying to tell you. What did you think about it? I've always liked this song. It, you still hear this on the radio quite often, but not near as much as Cold as Ice and feels no. like the first time. I love the intro on this, and it, they use a synthesizer in the intro as well, and it, it mixes well. It's used really well in this. Once again, the vocals from Lou Graham are absolutely amazing in this song. Probably this song more than any on the album as far as I'm concerned. The bass and drums really do stick out, and you can hear them, and I like how they're mixed to the front. The sax mm-hmm. solo in it, I generally don't like saxophone a ton, but this just nails this song right in the middle, and it just seems to fit. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's a good song. It's one of my favorites on the album. I'm impressed with how well these guys use a variety of instruments, and it comes out sounding so well. I think that's mostly Ian McDonald. Is that Ian? The connoisseur okay. of instrument. He's good. So it moves us on to Woman, Oh Woman. It's written by Mick Jones, and it's sang by both Mick Jones and Lou Graham. This was the B-side, once again, to Feels Like the First Time. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are about a love that a man has for a woman, but all the tumultuous emotions that are in relationships and the ups and downs and the things that happen. I mean, yeah. it, it's really about that. What are your thoughts on Woman, Oh Woman? Uh, yeah, this is a roller coaster. This one, he's all over the place. Uh, things like, well, you know, the, the line, don't bury me alive. Although the more I listened through this song, I thought, well, I'm not sure that this writer knows what he's looking for. He says he wants a woman, not a girl, but he doesn't ever differentiate as to what makes the difference. My final thought with this song was maybe he should focus on being a man instead of a boy because <laughs> a man would know what he wants. Well, keep in mind, yeah. they're all about 21, 22 years old at this time. Yeah. So truly they are boys. They are boys. Okay. That makes sense now. So... <laughs> Uh, what did you think of Woman, Oh Woman? I had a decent acoustic and piano intro. It is a little bit slower song than a lot of these on the album. It's got a decent bass line when you can hear it, but for me, it fades in and out. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it was mixed really well in there. It does have good little guitar solos throughout. I certainly do not like Mick Jones' vocals as much as Lou Graham's. I think this song would have they would have done better justice to this mm-hmm. song to giving Lou Graham the lead vocal throughout. The bass at the end was mixed really well, and I like the sound of that. But, you know, this to me is a perfect example of album filler. It's not really a skipping song for me, but wasn't great. Just okay. So that moves us to the next song, At War With The World, written by Mick Jones and sang by Lou Graham. Now the lyrics are about a songwriter fighting against the world and how we will eventually win. He's saying he's eventually going to win this fight, but it doesn't really say in the song what it is he's fighting for i don't know if it's freedom and why is it war with the world you know maybe it's a war within his own head 
maybe he doesn't like the world standards that are being set. I don't know. It doesn't really clarify that. What's your thoughts about at war with the world? I got some thoughts about, uh, about this song. I'll say I would have really enjoyed this song as an adolescent, as a man in his forties. I'm sitting here looking at this song, just like, Oh kid, because he never does say what he's fighting for or what his cause is, what his purpose. He's in love with an image of being at a miserable war and, you know, slogging it out. But he doesn't know why he's at war or what he's fighting for. He hasn't. He's he's not got a credo or a, a cause that's driving him. He's a teenage boy, you know. And this is a song for teenage boys. They're you know just so full of that hormones and angst, and they feel like they're always fighting against something. Well, he says, uh, "Why won't they let me be?" And I said, "Well, because part of helping you grow up means teaching you about your responsibilities so you know mom's not going to stop nagging you to take out the trash or to put your dirty clothes in the hamper or whatever because she's trying to help you become a responsible adult that's that's why you're at war with your mom i have to underline this part though i really really like the music and that's something that i uh am finding with the with every song by foreigner is that the music is just superb the writing like i said you know mick jones he's he's a kid <laughs> i'll leave it at that what are your thoughts on this one well you certainly look into the lyrics much more than i do because I you kind of hit it on the head for me at the end is i really like this song but i'm not deciphering the lyrics you know i it's got a excellent fast guitar intro to start it off which i like the drumming's amazing in this song it's got a really really good bass line Typical Blue Graham, great vocals again. Mm -hmm. It's got a really interesting keyboard solo in the middle, but to me, this song is musically driven. And it's not really a skipper album filler for me. It's a good song. I really mm. like it, you know, but I didn't decipher deep down into the <laughs> lyrics and all the it, all the problems he's having like you do. It's my curse. <laughs> yeah. So it moves us to the next song, Fool For You Anyway, written by Mick Jones, Lou Graham, and Ian McDonald, sang by Lou Graham. Now this one's kind of a ballad yeah it really is and the lyrics tell a story pain and struggle when you love someone but you have to let them go because they don't feel the same way probably everybody's felt something like that before the writer of the song knows that they're foolish for feeling this way despite the rejection but they can't help it you know when you're in love you're in love it takes a lot to break away from yeah. that the poor sucker doesn't take rejection well what are your <laughs> thoughts on this song once again, I really, really like the music. It's extremely nicely composed. The instruments blend so nicely together in my head. It's it's a nice song to listen to. As for the writing, well, what can I say? The best way to show how strong you are is not to, you know, force yourself on them, kiss them, and, you know, say, hey, if you just give me one kiss, you'll never leave me again. Quite cocky of him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. exactly. Show how strong you are, not by forcing them to be with you against their will, but leave them alone against your own will. That's how you show how strong you are. And uh, that's a good bit of advice for anybody facing what the fool for you anyway is facing what do you think about this one i really like the acoustic intro it goes in straight into the drums but it really is a slower song and the drums are good and mixed up front well throughout i think that's probably the best thing about this song the yeah. bass the bass is mixed well too another great vocal from lou graham it's got a good acoustic guitar solo in it. It's a good all-around power ballad. Not my favorite on the album, but certainly not my least favorite. I really like the song. So let's move on to the very last song on the album, I Need You, 
written by Lou Graham and Mick Jones. Sang by Lou Graham once again, thank goodness. Now, this one's another heartfelt ballad. Of course, it's about love again. It captures the struggles and emotions of losing someone that you love. This seems to be going a going theme, right? And it's almost a plea for his lady to come back because, you know, somehow his life's been misguided. He assumes it's all because of her. What are your thoughts on I Need You? I'm sympathetic to this song. <laughs> I'm sympathetic because I would be completely lost without my own wife. But that being said... I don't think that this guy is emotionally mature enough to handle a relationship. I don't think that I'm coming from the same uh, background that he is in my relationship with my marriage to his relationship with his girlfriend. It really makes me nervous about Mick Jones and the way he views relationships. <laughs> Not a fan of I Need You, but once again, I like Foreigner's music. They're composed very well. What are your thoughts on I Need You? There you go, diving into the lyrics once again. I know. I really like this song, the way the intro came in. It was a fade in with the electric guitar into good heavy drumming with some kind of strange sounds going on. I don't know what they were, but great vocal again on this. Another good bass line. This song, to me, had heaviness that some of the other songs didn't on the album. In a way, the music to this one was probably the heaviest song, and I, yeah. I really liked it, and it had an excellent guitar solo on it. I thought this was a good song to close out the album and, and definitely one of my favorites. Now, I didn't decipher the lyrics like you did because <laughs> I, well, I I take everything as a metaphor anyways mm -hmm. and figure it probably doesn't mean what it is, but I don't think there's a whole lot of metaphors in this album. It's, it's pretty much about losing love, finding love, mm -hmm. loving people that don't love you back, all those kind of things. It's pretty straightforward in the lyrics on Foreigner this. Foreigner is in love with being in love. They certainly are. Mm -hmm. You want to get to winners and losers? Yeah, let's go. Winners and losers. Foreigner's debut album, Foreigner. What do you pick as your two or three least favorite songs on this album? Two or three least favorites. I'm going to go with Woman, Oh Woman. I'm also going to go with Fool For You Anyway. Honorable mention, I'm also going to do at War With The World. These are songs that just didn't really capture me. And I think that at War With The World improved upon talking about it, that uh, understanding it for what it was. I, I liked the music, stepped it up. As for Fool For You Anyway and Woman Oh Woman, it just didn't have the same, it, it didn't jive. For me. What are your uh, least favorites, Justin? This album's really tough for me because two of the probably best songs we hear way too much. Mm -hmm. And like you stated earlier, kind of left them off my rating. I'm not going to rate <laughs> them as my least favorites and I'm not going to rate them as my best favorites. And a lot of these songs are just good. Not great, but good. But as far as my least favorite songs, I'm right with you on Woman Oh Woman. I didn't like that song very well. They could have picked a better flip side to feels like the first time i think and the damage is done i think the first half of that song just really destroyed it i did like the second half but it wasn't that great and mm -hmm. if i had a third least favorite would probably be head knocker it just seemed mm -hmm. kind of like i stated earlier a bar song and it was good yeah i mean i don't think i'd skip it but it wasn't mm -hmm. my favorite by any means sure what would you rate as your favorite songs on the album? Headknocker was one of them. I, but once again, it's a weird song, and yeah. I like weird songs. That's it. Star Rider. I really like how Star Rider, the music really captures the message of the of the song along with the lyrics, and it's very metaphorical. I get it. 
And I get it because these guys are very well practiced in the language that they're trying to speak. My third one, long, long way from home. Once again, we have an excellent band that's painting that picture and making it. I mean, it just feels lonely. It, you feel so isolated and, uh, and apart from the comforts that you know because you're surrounded by strangers. Beautiful song. Love that one. What are your favorites? We're kind of in the same lane. One of my favorites is Long, Long Way From Home, and these are in no order. I've always liked that song, and it doesn't mm-hmm. suffer the same overplay that Cold As Ice and Feels Like the First Time does. Still hear it, but it's it's a really good song. And then if I was to pick a few other songs that I really liked, it's the last three songs on the album, At War With The World, Fool For You Anyway, and I Need You. I really mm-hmm. like those three songs musically. Yeah. the best on this album, and I thought they finished it out really well. I really liked them. This album, like I said, is tough because it's, for me, you've got, it's actually a pretty powerful album if you really compare the popularity and success of Feels Like the First Time in Cold as Ice that neither of us touched Yeah, is our favorites, where <laughs> in our reality, if we hadn't heard those so much, they probably would be our favorites. Yeah, Feels Like the First Time, uh, listening to it for for the first time really <laughs> was it, I, I captured what they were saying. Yeah. But they, they're just yeah. hard for me to write. So mm-hmm. do you want to yeah. get to the album rating? Yep. Let's do it. Album rating. All right. If this is your first time joining us, I'm going to explain the rating system here. We have a 10 point system from zero to 10, which I guess makes it 11 points, but Hey, who's counting? We rated a zero. It's so bad that we have to burn the album. We're not going to burn this one because officially it's still kind of debatable as to whether it belongs to Justin or his parents still. If it's a 10, I have to go and buy the album because it's that good. And I probably am going to buy it anyway, you know, because that's uh, that's what happens smack dab in the middle is five yeah take it leave it so on that 10 point scale i'm gonna give this album a four and i think that you have a few really good songs carrying an album that it left me wanting more of what gets played on the radio from foreigner a lot of the songs just kind of lost me but then again i got hung up in the writing so i can I can blame myself for at least three points of it being off. Fair enough. Okay. What is your album rating? This one, like I said, is really hard for me because there's a couple of these songs that I just don't want to hear anymore. (laughs) And they're excellent (laughs) songs. And Mm -hmm. so take that into consideration how popular three of these singles were off this album. Very popular as a Mm -hmm. debut album. Oh, you're cold as ice. (laughs) Yeah. And... There's some pretty strong songs on this album. I I really do feel like the strongest songs on this album weren't released as singles. And like Mm -hmm. I said, the three songs to finish out the album, I rated this album a solid six. And I think it really probably deserves more with... That's my rating, but if you really looked at the popularity of it, especially those songs being still played on the radio almost 50 years later, pretty impressive. That's worth at least a point, if not two. Yeah, it really is. But my rating for today is a six, and Mm -hmm. it's a must-listen album at least one time. And Foreigner's at 
an amazing band. I really like their first few albums, especially, you know, during the eighties, they got a little more commercially biased towards the pop yeah. power battle <laughs> ballads, but everybody was doing that. Yeah. I mean, you had journey and Ario Speedwagon and all those groups like that mm-hmm. doing that kind of thing. So it is what it is, but it, it's a good album. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'll find myself listening to it now and then, and it's fun to put on. I just, a lot of times skip the first two songs. That's fair. I'm glad that I heard something from a foreigner that isn't on the radio. Yeah, that that's what's kind of good about it when you listen to a lot of radio like I do. It really reflects on my ratings of the album and wanting to mm-hmm. listen to them, and you really want to hear the deep tracks a little more. Yeah, and I, I do feel bad giving as low of a rating as I do, but I'm not changing that this time. There you go. You didn't give in to peer pressure this time. Not this time. I, I'm still thinking south of mediocre i'm i just i wanted more from from what i got and i probably got more than i'm acknowledging well that's foreigners 1977 debut self-titled album foreigner so let us know what you think and we really do appreciate you tuning into us because if you're giving us a listen it really means a lot to us because we know there's a lot of podcasts out there a lot of music podcasts and so it it does mean a lot that you're listening to us. And we really appreciate the support from Five Star Rating, sharing us with your friends. and Yeah, you guys are our, our best audience we've ever had. But until next time, Justin and Tyler. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends. (laughs) 